Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Today is Thursday, March 11, 2010, and this is Truth About Trucking Live, an affiliation with our main website, truthabouttrucking.com, and of course our blog at askthetrucker.com, and you can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash askthetrucker, and on our fan page at Facebook as Truth About Trucking LLC, and of course on Facebook at facebook.com slash askthetrucker. And it has been a rainy day in Florida today, but spring is right around the corner, so hopefully everyone will be moving into the nice warmer weather eventually. And it seems to have been a very long winter this season, and I, for one, am ready for it to be over. But what are you going to do, Mother Nature, right? But spring is coming, finally. Uh, Before we get to our show this evening, I want to give everyone a heads up on a very important show that we are putting together for you right now. Uh, We are tentatively looking at Wednesday, uh, March 18th, 2010, as a show date, but we'll let you know once everything is confirmed. But the 18th is looking like the date, uh, but we will be having officials with the FMCSA as our special guests to discuss the upcoming safety initiative, CSA 2010. And we are going to put to rest the many misconceptions and rumors that are flying around about the CSA 2010. Uh, Just today we heard a company uh, about a company telling their drivers that drivers will have a driver score with a CSA 2010, and this is absolutely false. Uh, The way it stands now is that there will be no safety score system for drivers. Uh, Now, it could happen later, but they tell us that as that could be as late as 2011. Uh, but when CSA 2010 is launched, uh, there will be no safety score system for drivers. And also there has been a great deal of talk about how 175,000 drivers will instantly lose their jobs when CSA 2010 is implemented. And this is another rumor that is completely false. So um, a lot of misinformation floating around out there among drivers and trucking companies, and we are going to have officials from the FMCSA right here on Truth About Trucking Live who will explain exactly what is going to happen and also give you the opportunity to call in and ask your questions and voice your concerns about the CSA 2010 directly to our guest from the FMCSA. So keep your eyes open for that. Again, March 18th. 2010 is the date we are looking at for that show, but be sure to bookmark us at blogtalkradio.com slash truthabouttrucking and check back often to see the exact date for our live broadcast with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. 
And if you missed a live show, all of our shows are archived, and you can always go back and listen at your leisure. But you'll definitely want to catch this show so you can ask the FMCSA your questions directly. So that's one thing we're putting together for you. And another bit of very important news that took place today has to do with Jason's Law, uh, H.R. 2156, the bill, as we all know, uh, that will help to bring about more safe and secured parking areas for truckers. Uh, Hope Rivenberg, who has been working closely with New York Congressman Paul Tonko on Jason's Law, uh, was in Washington, D.C. today with the congressman, and they were going from door to door to every representative and senator explaining the importance of Jason's Law and working hard to get the support of sponsors needed to uh, pass H.R. 2156 into law. And Hope Rivenberg was uh, standing up before every member and telling her story about Jason and how truckers need safer areas of parking across the country. And I'm sure um, they did a great job, and we will let you know how all of their hard work and dedication to this cause turned out. Uh, So we appreciate Congressman Paul Tonko and Hope Rivenberg for all their work and dedication that took place today in Washington, D.C., And also we heard from Hope uh, earlier today, and she told us that she will be returning to Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, March 16th, to hold a press conference uh, with Congressman Paul Tonko and Republican Congressman Eric Paulson, I believe, out of District 3, uh, out of the state of Minnesota. And this press conference, of course, will concern all aspects of Jason's law. So Hope is doing uh, is going to do her best to call in this evening and give us all a further update. But you can imagine how busy she has been today. So if she is able to call in, we will go directly to her and learn more about all the work she's been doing in D.C. And um, she continues to let everyone know that you can help by contacting your representative's office and ask to speak to someone in the transportation department and ask them for their support and sponsorship of Jason's Law. And the best way to get in contact with your representative is to call the U.S. Capitol Switchboard at 202-224-3121 and tell the operator who answers that you want to speak with your congressman and give them your home zip code. And at that point, the operator will directly connect you to their office. So a very easy way to get in touch with your state rep. The number what? Oh, okay. Uh, The number to the U.S. Capitol switchboard, 202-224-3121. So, again, a real easy way to do that. So, uh, okay, our show today is Trucker's 14-Hour Service Rule, Safety versus Greed. And so how well is the 14-hour rule and the HOS rules uh, working out for truckers? Has, uh, has your ability to make a living gone up or down with the current rules? Uh, do they provide enough rest for truckers? And should they remain the same or go back to the former rule of 10 and 8? Uh, what do you have to say about the current HOS rules? Uh, does the 14-hour rule assist companies in pushing their drivers as far and hard as they possibly can? Uh, giving no regard to the safety and health of drivers. So a lot to talk about this evening on Truth About Trucking Live. We'll give you a few minutes to get your questions and thoughts together and join us live right here on Blog Talk Radio. Our call-in number is 347-826-9170. 
And trust me, those with the power to change things for the better are listening, and they want to hear what you, the driver, has to say about the current rules in place. So here's your chance to let your voice be heard by those who make the policies and regulations, 347-826-9170. So we'll take a few minutes to let you get on the line, get your comments or questions ready, and uh, we will uh, liven things up a bit with Jan McCarter of the KeysTruckers.com performing Pretty Girls Drive Big Rigs 2, which you can download from their site for only 99 cents. And for every download, 25 cents goes to the St. Christopher Trucker Fund in honor of Jazzy Jordan and her run across America, which you can learn more about at runwithjazzy.com. So back in three and a half minutes with my co-host, Barry Stutzke, and we will discuss the trucker's 14-hour service rule. Is it all about safety, or is it just corporate greed? So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Back into a hole They're saying 
our show, Truckers, 14-Hour Rural Safety versus Greed. Can you believe that that is a trucker performing that song? That's amazing. So, And with me is my co-host, Barry Stutsky. Uh Barry, I finally get to bring you in here. You've been waiting so patiently. How you doing this evening? That that song rocks, man. I can't put that. So that's a, 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 yeah, the ducks were just dancing in the backyard, Alan. I ain't making this up. You know, they they were shaking their stuff out there. That that is excellent. That, that's yeah, a lady believe, trucker singing. That? Yeah, can you uh-huh. believe that's a trucker? Can you believe that's a trucker? Yeah, man, got me bouncing. Boy, it woke me up. I, I that that's really really cool. I, I mean, uh, love yeah, to hear they, more that. Oh yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of talent out there. So. Well, let's look at the current rules of uh, service rule. We've got a, a lot of listeners uh, on the line here. Uh, uh, let's see, we have uh, have about 32 lines here on. Uh, we have 50 lines, so uh, don't think you can't call in. So we've got plenty of lines. You can listen from your phone line or you can call in. Uh, again, our number, 347-826-9170. Love to have you on the show and get your opinion on all this. So, but. Uh, very practically everything I'm seeing and hearing from drivers all across the country, owner operators, company drivers, local drivers, you name it, they are nearly all in agreement of one thing, which I didn't think I'd ever see uh, that many drivers agree on one thing, but these current rules just aren't cutting it for the most part. Where do you stand with all this? Well, I believe that it works for some and others. It doesn't work for <clears throat> I think ultimately what they need to do is break down trucking into two separate jobs. I mean, <clears throat> the lo- excuse me, I got something in my throat. The local drivers and the over-the-road drivers, what they share in common, obviously, is that they drive a truck for a living, but it's two entirely different jobs. So what I would like to see is two sets of rules, one local and one for OTR. And uh, what happened when the new rules came along is the OTR drivers you know they got to go 14 consecutive, and if they get hung up for four or five hours, the clock's ticking. So it kind of hurt them in a situation where they could actually be getting some sleep. So uh, where I stand with it is I'd like to see them redone in uh, two, two sections, two or three sections: regional, OTR, and local. And that would create a situation where you know everybody's never going to be happy, but it would create a situation where people aren't getting run to death and others could make their money. Yeah, I'll um, I'll just have to ask you just to speak, speak up just a little bit. It may just be my headphone, but just make sure we can hear you and everything. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, it, it really affected the long haulers, you know, uh, a, a great deal, and not so much the uh, uh, the local haulers. I mean, we can we can get the jobs done pretty you know pretty simple in 14 hours, but still a long long day. But the over the road truckers, it's really uh, I mean, they really felt the crunch, but um, I don't know if, uh, boy, I tell you, things are so confusing now. Then now to throw uh, throw two sets of rules might just <laughs> might make it more confusing. Well, well, here's where I'm coming from with that. When they initially changed the rules, and you know, for a couple decades, I, I ran under the old rules, and you know, you woke up, and geez, I got nine hours, or I got ten hours, I got eleven and three quarters, and it, it was crazy. Uh, and it was very difficult to, to track back eight days and then see what you had coming tomorrow. And all it took was was the interstate stop. Maybe you have 10 hours in a 10-hour dispatch or 12 hours and 12-hour dispatch, and then, you know, the interstate would stop, and you were in, like, a stress attack. Do I stop an hour from the house and get a room or, or jump in the bunk, whatever the case may be? So they, you know, weren't they weren't working, I'll say that. So when they initially changed the rules, I had two reactions, like most drivers <clears throat> that are running local. Uh, 
the first reaction was, thank God they changed it. And the other thing was, oh, boy, they're going to work us to death. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I just think that in the case of a local driver that, uh, you know, 14 on, 10 off, 14. And it doesn't happen with everybody. I don't do that a whole lot. I mean, I do hit 14-hour days. And, you know, generally they're because something went wrong, not that I'm necessarily scheduled for a thing like that. So on the surface, the 14-hour rule is a good thing because it does allow for for the interstate to stop. It does allow for problems at loading and unloading points. So I don't mind that so much. But on the other hand, to think that a driver can, because local is different in this too. Local, the driver's in perpetual motion. You're, you're driving, loading, unloading, driving, loading, unloading, driving, loading, unloading. So you get a circumstance where a driver works 14, gets 10 off, works 14, gets 10 off. At the end of three or four days, I don't think that driver's, uh, you know, five days, I don't think the driver's particularly sharp. Yeah. Um, what'd you say, Donna? The, Barry? <coughs> yes. Um, well, he sounds fine to me. I mean, uh, oh, we were just wondering if you're, uh, uh, some of the listeners uh, were saying that your sound wasn't quite right, but uh, you sound good to me, so uh, I don't know what, what's going on. We'll plug along here and see, but um, you sound Maybe good I'm to me, talking. though. <laughs> Maybe uh, I'm talking too fast. I'm in Philly mode tonight, you know. Oh no, that's fine. Uh, no, I can hear you fine and uh, loud and clear. But um, but anyway, yeah, we'll plug along. But um, yeah, I, I I see what you're saying. Uh, uh, I just feel I just feel for the long haulers out there because uh, uh, you know I've done a little bit of everything. Uh, 20 some odd plus years over the road so I didn't you know there wasn't this rule when I was there and um man the best I can remember well no I guess I was cuz I came off the road Donna what to uh 2006 yeah 2006 and went into effect 205 so oh yeah of course I was yeah I was fighting it the whole way too Barry uh, yeah so yeah I was but uh, yeah, I'm just looking at comments uh, from a lot of the drivers that we've gotten, you know, and they, uh, most of them all agree, you know, that it's unsafe. Uh, it's forcing drivers to uh, complete their 11-hour drive in a 14-hour period. So basically it's saying um, uh, if the driver becomes fatigued during that shift, uh, the 14-hour rule says too bad, drive anyway. You know, the clock's ticking and you have to complete the miles uh, so you have 14 hours to get it done or else, and, and that's basically what the rule re implies uh, from this one driver that says that, and it's all kind of basically the same. So if it's all about safety, um, I, I, it's hard to find the safety in this, and when you really when you think about it, uh, many agree that the old rules were better. Uh, you know, you could, you know, split, use a, a split sleeper, sleeper berth. We'll talk about that later. And because um, everybody has their own biological clock, you know, I made a post about this a little bit earlier on AskTheTrucker.com. We all have a different biological clock, and so one driver might be fine with three hours sleep, while another might need, you know, eight, nine, ten hours. So I don't know how they could uh, put that in there, but uh, it's really hard to group, you know, four million drivers into the same category when our bi biological clocks are so different from each other. Yeah, well, the old rules of service, my understanding of them, and I believe they were written in the 1930s, was they were factoring in the, the, you know, the physiological impact of uh, 
of different drivers, you know, and <clears throat> what they were saying was the hours that a driver works on Friday, in fact, are influenced by the hours that they put in on Monday. You know, they were recognizing that uh, fatigue occurs over a number of days, and what they were hoping to do is create a situation where drivers would get enough rest. It's just that, you know, the manner that they that they did it with counting back a week, and, and you never knew what you had coming. It was really a tough set of circumstances. But, yeah, all people are different. I've been talking to drivers. I've <clears throat> been doing, like, kind of interviews, you know, and just whenever I see a driver, I say, um, what do you think about the hours of service? And, you know, and I get their comment, and then I say to them, if you were given the opportunity to rewrite the rules, well, how would you write it? And, you know, most of them, the complaint is, is the 34-hour reset, in a lot of cases, isn't enough. Um, one driver in particular, 73 years old, owner-operator, and for him, uh, 70-hour work week and six-hour sleep was fine. You know, he didn't have any problem with it at all. And another driver, 43 years old, he said it was killing him. So I, I think they need to find a set of rules that takes in consideration that people are all different, you know. And some people do get by fine on five, six hours sleep. Other people need eight. So... I think it's yeah, well, you know you know how these new rules came about was I put this in the post earlier was because they started looking at sleep studies by these independent groups, and um, they just said the studies to them, the studies showed that uh, a, the human body needs at least eight hours of sleep to be of uninterrupted sleep to be fully rested and to go again. So this is how this uh, this rule came about, and it's specifically for the 8-2 uh, sleeper birth split. So uh, the thing that they're missing here is it's very hard to get uh, eight hours of uninterrupted sleep um, as a long-haul trucker. I mean, yeah, uh, so they kind of missed the boat on that. But, but that's how this 8-2 uh, split came into being was because of these independent studies. So, uh, And then, of course, they... Uh, you know, integrated that into the overall rules, but uh, uh, still, by from what I'm seeing, it's just not all uh, all up to par from what other truckers are saying. But let's get a uh, got some callers popping up here. Um, boy, I got a lot of a lot of lines here with people on it. So glad to have you here. Uh, I'll call out your area code, and that's your cue that you are on the air. So let's start with area code three one three. Go ahead, you're live on the air. Hey, good evening. Can you hear me okay? Uh, loud and clear. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. Hey, this is a great idea. Um, I'm an owner-operator for 15 years. I'm also the editor of WarOnTruckers.com. I'd like to know what the proposed changes are. And just to throw this out there, I think a split sleeper berth for everybody should be mandatory or hours accumulated for hours in the bunk. Go ahead. Okay, uh, do you like the current uh, sleeper birth rule now with the eight and two? No, absolutely not. Okay, you like it better the way it was? Uh, years ago, yes. The new current rules are are pretty bad because I don't know anybody that can drive eleven hours straight. Uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, I've done it, but it sure isn't anything I want to do every day. But that's just that's just way too many hours. But now, what was your question again? Um, I, I got in a couple minutes late. What are the proposed changes? I didn't get a chance to get online today and read them. For the hours of service? Yes, sir. I think it's still kind of up in the air. Um, uh, they just kind of keep going back and forth and back and forth. I mean, uh, I see 
I see where um, some are saying, you know, that they want to do away with the 34-hour restart. Some want to keep it. Uh, uh, some want to go back to the way it was. Um, also, I've seen where, um, you know, a big problem here, too, is a lot of these anti-trucking groups, because I was reading earlier today where they're trying to push, they're wanting to, to make it just uh, eight hours of driving a day. So, but to really the the proposed rules, um, from what I'm seeing, really just been kind of going back and forth. It really hasn't been anything specific said. And uh, the FMCSA, I know, is just kind of standing by and listening to and, and seeing what everybody's saying. But as far as to say these are the rules that they're looking at, I don't think I can specifically say so because it's all just still being bounced around. I'm going to agree with that. I really don't think they understand what it is to be out there and, and sit at a dock for many hours and then be expected to drive out the rest of them and, and vice versa. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been in communication with the FMCSA for the last couple of weeks, and uh, I don't know if you heard the part of the show, but we're going to be uh, we're going to be having uh, some officials with the FMCSA on the show. We're trying to put it together next week. And uh, we'll be talking about the CSA 2010 and hours of service. But from what I have been learning here, uh, talking with them and a bunch of other people in the industry, it's still kind of a sit back, wait and see, see see what drivers are thinking, see what they're saying, and um, still just really up in the air. Okay. Well, I, I hope they come to something manageable because the the current situation I don't really think works for local over the road or or you know. I run Midwest, but I, I can sit behind the wheel for five, six hours, but I need an hour break, and it's just difficult to log legally. Yeah, well, well, what would you suggest? What what should they do? I, I think if they were going to stick along the standards that they're having right now, allow a, a split sleeper berth, maybe a, a minimum of two hours after four, and then you can continue out your 11 hours driving, um, it stretches your day out, but it keeps you alert and safe. As far as the restart, I, th I think the restart is fine. I mean, I'm 51, um, and I do as many hours as I possibly can when I can if the loads are there and uh, this, that. Right. Okay. So, um, all right, well, we're just going to sit back and wait and see, and, again, we'll have uh, – We'll have the FMCSA on the show hopefully next week. We're putting it all together, and we're going to bring all this up and see if we can, uh, uh, you know, tie them down to exactly what they're looking at doing. But my understanding is they they really are just sitting back and listening and seeing what drivers are saying, trying to come up with the, uh, a better plan. But uh, like I said, uh, there's so many uh, groups out there that are trying to force their hand, and I think Congress is trying to appease all of them. Uh, it's making it really difficult to um, tie them down exactly what's going to be changing, if anything at all. But we're going to we're going to find out. Okay, okay. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll be staying tuned. Now, what, what was your website again? Uh, it's WarOnTruckers.com. Okay, WarOnTruckers.com. All right. Well, appreciate the call. You betcha. We'll be standing by. All right. Thanks. Hey, uh, uh huh. Yeah, I just wanted to put a suggestion out there. <clears throat> One thing I am liking about where the FMCSA is heading with this is they, you know, they very sincerely are looking for driver input, and I just want to put their website out there and how you you submit a comment. Uh, it's FMCSA 
I just bang my head on the limb. FMCSA.dot.co.t.dot.gov, and uh, when you get to their homepage, you, you just click on Hours of Service Listening Sessions, and you scroll down, and uh, there's a link called Federal E-Rule Making Portal. That, that's the easiest way I found. Um, but if you go to the FMCSA website and uh, click on Hours of Service Listening Session and scroll down, you can send an email directly from there. The instructions are up there. And they are looking for input from drivers. So, you know, anybody that's listening, pick up the phone and call in would be the first thing I'd say, and they could hear you directly. But if you don't have the opportunity to do that, go to their website, and you can get your opinion out there. I mean, I, I believe they sincerely want solutions that will work, and unless people who are doing the type of work call in, you know, they're really not going to know which way to go because there's a lot of special interest groups out there. Obviously, you've got the ATA. You've got these anti-trucking groups who want eight hours of, you know, so that's my suggestion. Yeah, well, there um, there's so many things. You know, I, I mentioned it a, a while back, I think, on our blog. Uh, truck, truckers are being pulled in so many directions, and the people who are making the policies and regulations are throwing them out there and just saying, okay, uh, saying to the drivers, okay, make it work now. And in a lot of cases it's not working. And there is a big difference between uh, local drivers and regional drivers and long-haul drivers, and all that has to be, you know, taken into account and, and looked at. And, and, of course, you're not going to make everybody happy, but from the most that I'm seeing through this is um, I, I see two things major coming up on, on the way the rules are now. One is uh, they're not not getting enough rest because they're having to push themselves harder and harder to get just as many miles as they can. I mean, you got to remember they get paid by the miles, so they're trying to push and run as hard as they can in that 14-hour window to make what they can to support their families. And two, um, of course, uh, of course, the fatigue factor. And uh, again, it's just you know it's different between what kind of category of driver you're in. But we have, like I said, we. We've uh, we've been discussing this with the FMCSA uh, over the phone, and uh, uh, from what I get, they really do seem to really want to find out and know the best all that they can about safety. That's uh, that's the impression I get from them. They really do seem to be like a a good group of people who are wanting to do the best as far as safety, and of course, like they told us. They have to do what Congress tells them. So, you know, and then it's up to them to figure out, okay, how do we make this all work for the better for everybody? But um, uh, to say what I was going to say earlier, you've got so many people pulling on truckers from both directions. Uh, even just last year, I mentioned it on a post where uh, a major retailer was wanting to uh, push drivers into a 16-hour workday. Now, on the other side of the street, you've got groups who are wanting to push them into an 8-hour Work day, so um, it, it, it's a you know it's 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 tough to try to you know get everything working for everybody, but um, that's what they're trying to do, and that's what we're trying to do here, and we'll have them on the show too uh, uh, to find out more about what's going on here. Uh, let's go with um, oh boy, my my eyes are going, Barry. Uh, area code two five six, area code two five six. You're live on the air. Go ahead. Yes, Alan. How are you today? I'm really good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm not doing so good. I've had to come off the road. wasn't making enough money. Uh, well, uh, uh, 
uh, what, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Alabama. Alabama. Thanks, Mark. Mark, what, you came off the road? How how long did you come off the road since? Oh, I've been off the road since December. Freight slacked up and everything, you know, the season stuff. And uh, company got, where the, got where the company cut my pay three times last year, and I just couldn't make no money. And, you know, that's funny because now they're putting out there, uh, did you see where they're beginning to start this old driver shortage thing again? Yeah, yeah, I think the companies are getting kind of scared of who they're hiring is what it is. It's not that there's not drivers out there. It's just they're scared to hire them. Hmm. Well, uh, you say they're scared to hire them maybe because of why? Because they're, they're sitting back waiting to see what the uh, uh, freight's going to do, if it's going to pick up or everything that's going on? Uh, I think it's a lot of stuff with that new 2010 they're talking about. Everybody's kind of got scared all of a sudden. There's so many rumors about it, and companies are worried about if they put somebody in that's not actually qualified enough that they may get uh, penalized for it. Well, I'll tell you about the CSA 2010 real quick. Um, we were talking with uh, FMCSA when? Yesterday, Donna, the day before, something like that, and we had a conference with them. And I think a large part of this is uh, there is a mountain being made out of a molehill here. Uh, the CSA 2010, from what we were told, uh, if you're a, if you're a good safe driver and uh, you know you're conscious about safety, uh, CSA 2010 isn't going to do anything to you. It, it's not you're not even going to feel it. Uh, if if you're an unsafe driver. Uh, if you don't care about safety, if you have, uh, uh, you know, three accidents and all kinds of mess like that, you just don't care about safety, well, yeah, you're 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 going to have a big problem with CSA 2010. But I think most of the drivers out there, that's why they're called professional drivers. And, and I mentioned earlier uh, <clears throat> the little rumor that was flying around where 175,000 drivers are going to instantly be out of a job. That's totally false. So... I think a mountain is being made out of a molehill here, but if you're already an unsafe driver and don't care about safety or anything or taking care of the equipment, or uh, then, yes, CSA 2010 is going to affect you big time. And if you're a company who don't care about any of that, it's going to affect you big time. And they're not CSA 2010 is really not going to be looking at, uh, oh, you have a uh, clearance light out. They're going to be looking at, you know, severe major problems. So, um that's one thing that we'll cover on the show but um you know just like you said mark uh, a, a lot of them are scared but i think they're scared for the wrong reasons by simply not really understanding uh what's going to come about through the CSA 2010 right 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 now have you been have you just came off the road completely and and or have you been uh looking for other work no, I'm, I'm uh, looking for other work. Like I say, it just got to where I wasn't getting my miles per day. The company's uh, worried about uh, the satellite tracking and, and uh, them coming in and checking the records. Everything's got to match, and they're just not giving you no miles. I was averaging 100 miles a day. Oh, man. Well, what do you think about the uh, hours of service, the way they are now? We're talking about uh, the... 14-hour rule and, and all this, were 
those hours, do you like the way the hours are now, or would you like to see them changed? And if so, uh, what changes would you like to see? Well, uh, the the uh, eleven hour driving is plenty of driving time for anybody. The fourteen hours in a day would be plenty of plenty of time for anybody, and everybody needs at least ten hour break. They usually don't get to take it at one time, though. But you know, it's uh, it basically we're not a nine to five driver. We're out here, and uh, we have to sit at these receivers. We have to sit at these deliveries, and we pick up and deliver 24 hours a day. Right. Right. Those are the kind of things they need to, they need to hear and take into effect, and, and so many other things, too. And, you know, you, you say, Mark, you say the shippers and receivers, so many of them do it on purpose, too. They like the power over the driver. I mean, you have a 3 o'clock appointment, and you get there at 2.45, and uh, they say, well, we'll get to you as soon as we can, and five hours later they get to you. Right, so, and the, prob- the problem with that is they say, hey, put your CB on channel so-and-so. You can't crawl back in your bunk, even though you know it may take them two or three hours. You can't crawl back there because you might miss your holler, and they ain't going to come out there and knock on your door either. Yeah, and even if you do crawl back there in that bunk, uh, it's not uh, – the greatest form of rest that you're getting either. I mean, there's so many variables to this. So, um, well, I, um, what, what, what about the, uh, now you were running long haul? Uh, yeah, I basically did, uh, everything. It's a little long haul, little regional. A lot of did short like, stuff you... every now and then with the, the way the freight's been. It's been a little bit of short stuff, but, uh, it got where it was long haul, even though I was supposed to be a regional driver. Did you use the uh, 8-2 sleeper berth split? Yes, any time I could. Uh, uh, do you do you like that, the way it is now, the 8-2? I think they are to ha- really have that you need at least uh, a four-hour minimum sleeper. I mean, most people, it's going to take them a while to fall asleep. They're going to grab maybe three hours sleep, get up, and move. They need at least a four-hour break. Uh, a two-hour sleeper break, you ain't going to really do anything. You can lay down on a steering wheel and sleep for an hour and get just as good. But uh, we, do need to, we do need to split sleeper berth, and they need to give the driving job back to the drivers. It's supposed yeah. to be if we don't feel like we can operate that truck, we're supposed to be able to pull it over in the safest place we can find and stop. And now it's they're taking that away from us. Yeah, we're being penalized. Yeah, yeah. well, they're. Um, I can assure you, they are. They are listening to what you're saying right now, so they're going to take it all into uh, account. So we'll just sit back and see what happens. Right. I'm a. I'm a late night driver. I like to drive when there's not a lot of traffic. Uh, you don't have as much trouble with the law out there. You don't have the the, the pedestrians, all the cars out there at night. You can travel better at night, but I still, I can't drive all night long. I usually have to stop around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And yeah. uh, that makes a problem if I've got to pick up at 7 o'clock next morning. I crawl in my sleeper, get maybe four hours of sleep, get up, eat me breakfast, have my coffee, check my truck. I've got an hour tied up to get to a shipper. I get there at 15 minutes till my appointment. I may sit there, like you say, three, four hours and by the time I get out of there, it's lunchtime. But am yeah. I going to go take my lunch? I've done lost my extra three hours the DOT give me 
Now I've only got ten or ten hours to go. Well, I hear you. And then uh, on top of that, every little stop I make along the way, if I decide to eat supper or anything else, is going to count against me. I know, I know, and that's that's uh, that's where the problem lies, right there. The uh, uh, just the old fourteen-hour clock. But uh, well, good luck to you. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks for your call. Um, and um, we're just gonna we're just gonna stay on top of this and see what happens. I had mentioned earlier in the show that uh, Hope Rivenberg had been in Washington D.C. today, uh, working hard to uh, get the sponsors for um, for Jason's Law needed, and um, she was scheduled to call in. And I see her on the line here, so let's go to her real quick. Uh, uh, Hope, um, hello, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. Hi, Alan. Thank you. Well, you've been a busy lady, uh, Washington D.C. I guess you've uh, you've made it back home okay now. We did. We just got out of the airport. Well, how did it go? I mentioned earlier in the show that you were up there knocking on doors, going from door to door to the representatives and speaking with congressmen and senators and working to get the uh, sponsorships that you need for Jason's Law. Uh, What can you tell us about it? How did it go? I think it went really well. I mean, um, everybody was willing to hear what we had to say. They passed the paper on to the person that it belongs to, the person in charge of transportation. I think it went really well. We didn't get as much done as I had hoped, but we do have to make another trip out there, so hopefully then we can get it all done. Well, you're going, um, uh, and not not many people were aware of it, but we kind of got an inside tip, but you were going <laughs> to, um, you're going back uh, in, uh, I believe, what, the 16th to have a uh, press conference? Yes. Um, I found out actually myself today that March 16th, Congressman Tonko wants to have a press conference on Jason's law. And that will be uh, just discussing what you uh, kind of what you did today, or just all aspects of the law, or um, just kind of doing more of what you did today. What's what? Explain that a little bit. As far as I understand it, it's to explain all aspects of the law and why we need it, and. Try to get more support behind it. Well, with the uh, the congressmen, the senators, everybody you spoke to uh, today in D.C., I know that you were standing up and telling your story and telling the story about Jason and what happened. Uh, it was um, uh, well received. Yes, it was. They were very receptive to what we were saying. They looked at the brochure and the dear colleague letters. I, I'm really hoping that we have a few more co-sponsors after today. Well, this is great. I mean, just the the work you're doing and uh, Congressman Tonko, uh, it you've just got to be worn out. I mean, um, uh, Washington D.C. is mentally tiring anyway, and <laughs> so I, I you you just must be tired. And but I know you're fired up. Uh, so uh, well, keep us informed and uh, let us know how it's all going, and uh, we'll follow up on the press conference on the 16th and uh anything else you uh can share with us um there's really not too much more other than you know we're, we're trying to get more sponsors yeah and and you you did have some sign up today i understand um one yes one officially did sign on to the bill today which made our 36 um sign on okay well good well, we're uh, we're proud of you, and uh, 
it's such an important an important bill. And you know, tonight we're talking about HOS rules and safety, and uh, the FMCSA just looking and hearing what drivers are saying about safety. So Jason's law definitely falls into uh, safety for truckers. So we appreciate all you're doing and stay in touch with us and uh, uh, let us know how everything's going. And uh, like I said, I know you're tired, so get some rest. I definitely will. Thank you very much, Alan. Okay, thanks, Hope. I really appreciate you calling in. Uh, uh, okay, so yeah, that's that's a busy lady there. So uh, thanks again for calling in. Let's get another caller. I got a bunch of callers here. Um, area code eight three two. Go ahead, you're on the air. Yeah, hi, is this Alan? Yeah, how are you doing? Hey, Alan, this is Jim Weldon with DriverMatch.com. Okay, how are you doing, Jim? Good. Can you hear me okay? I'm talking on my headset. Uh, loud and clear. Well, anyways, I wanted to call in. This is such an important issue, This uh, these uh, hour service rules. They have really had a, uh, a negative impact on team operations. Uh, so many times uh, we, we get into a situation where a driver is having to you know, in order to meet, uh, to take advantage of the 10 hours drive time, is driving tired because the uh, we we don't have a split sleeper berth where it used to be. You know, where we could take we could alternate. One driver could drive five hours and go into the sleeper berth for five hours and and and, and trade off like that, and that that worked really well. Right. I'm having you problems mean, here. Go ahead. You mean, you mean team drivers? Uh, team drivers can't use an eight-two sleeper berth now. Yeah, but it it, it just doesn't like, you know, it, if you if you, it just doesn't work out well because you know most of these uh, uh, trips that we run, team operation, are you know cross country. So you never you you, ha- you have to, in order because of the fourteen hour rule, uh, you have to drive your entire shift. So that's either ten or eleven hours. Usually we we drive ten hour shifts. But what happens is when when you approach uh, a delivery, for example, uh, the driver that is in that in the sleeper berth for their uh, you know eight hours uh, minimum. Uh, they end up, you know, they, they don't get to sleep because, you know, uh, of driving into a, a big city and, and, you know, traffic and things like that. So a lot of times we, we uh, drop and hook, pick up a load right on our way back out of town. So that driver, the driver that drove into town can't drive. And the driver that was in the sleeper berth coming into town, it has not had a full rest period. But yet they're going to be forced to drive their 10-hour shift, and we it really it it really becomes a problem because we a lot of times have to shut down for a couple hours until the other driver that was that is now in the sleeper berth gets their hours back so they can go ahead and drive their shift. But it it, it really has created a lot of problems, and I hope they go back to uh, this uh, split split sleeper as well as the. Uh, get rid of that 14-hour rule. I, I'm a trainer, and, you know, when I'm training a student, you know, I have to be in the front seat, of course, uh, on duty not driving. Well, uh, that eats up my 14-hour clock real quick. Yeah, if you're in the seat, 
if you're in the seat on duty not driving, you're also not getting any rest. So, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad you said I, that. Because, you know, uh, when, when, yeah, when they created these 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 new rules, they they, they were only thinking about solo drivers. I I don't think yeah, they right. took team operations into consideration at all. I don't think they took team operation or trainer-student operation. Oh, yeah, no, I know. What they need to have is, I think it would be a really good idea is if we could get a a couple of, a, two or three different kind of configurations. I mean, why does it have to be one size fits all? I mean, why can't we have, if you're running a team operation, well, you know, let's tailor the rules to fit a team operation. Let's have split sleeper berth, get rid of the 14-hour rule, if you're a solo driver, you know, let's say you run with the current rules. I mean, or you can pick between a couple, two or three different configurations which work for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right now it's just like one size fits all and it just doesn't work, you know. Right. Yeah, we were touching on that earlier. I mean, because uh, I put it in the terms as everybody has their own biological clock, and that's basically what you're saying. But I can tell you that uh, – that they are they are listening to what we're saying right now, and they're taking this all into uh, account. So I think it's a excellent point you brought up about uh, team and trainer student, because I think you're right on yeah. the money when you say that these rules were basically for solo drivers, and it's just not working for everybody in the industry. Yeah, I I, uh, I uh, keep my logbook on my uh, laptop. I use uh, DDL software. It works really well. And but even with and, and you can manage two drivers, uh, you know, on on a uh, at a time on their on their software. And and I do that normally just to make sure that we're not in any violation because it will let you know if you're in violation. But but you know it. it uh, it's quite a challenge, especially when I was running. I had a, a buddy of mine who uh, who was uh, uh, working for Kellogg uh, Brown and Root over in Iraq, and he he teamed up with me when he came back, and we were running, you know, uh, expedited freight uh, for FedEx and UPS. We took up a load in uh, 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 L.A. Uh, on a Friday and be uh, you know and be in Miami. Uh, on Sunday night, so it was nonstop. And wow. even in that kind of situation where you've got two very experienced team drivers, mm-hmm. it, you know, when you get a, a, a twelve, fifteen hundred miles into a trip like that, yeah. your body is, being able to drive a ten-hour shift is is really difficult. You know, you have to push yourself. You know, because the truck is rolling around the clock, and you don't get you know, uh, quality sleep even when you're in the sleep for birth because the truck is rolling down the road, you know? Exactly. So so you get, you have interrupted sleep. Right. And so because of that, it, it just, it works out a lot better having that split sleeper because a lot of times you can get back there and go to sleep for four or five hours, but you can't, you know, but the chances of being able to sleep additional three hours, you know, that eight-hour shift and then having to drive a 10-hour shift, that just, it just really, it just really doesn't work out very well. The five-hour five split shift rule worked really well. Yeah, yeah, and, that's, and uh, 
I, I agree. That's what I like so well about it. And and uh, the policymakers are listening. So you're you're in agreement too, like most everybody else I hear. You you like the uh, the old sleeper birth rule a whole lot better than this one. Absolutely, uh, the oh, yeah. split sleeper and and get rid of the fourteen hour rule because. It just, you know, it, it creates problems, and it has nothing to do with with a person getting their rest. I mean, it, it just it just creates problems, and uh, I, I've I've run into that situation, and it, you know, as a trainer, it creates a lot of problems. Yeah. Because you know, you end up having to not only train for, uh, let's say, eight hours, but then, you know, you have to get right behind the wheel and start driving because you've got to get that load down the road, uh, you know, and we run expedited freight. So it, a lot of times I'm not able to drive my, you know, it, it just it shortens the length of the day, but it also interferes with your ability to train properly because you have to, you know, uh, Shut down unexpectedly because you, even though you may not have been, you know, driving the whole time. So, you know, I, I think when you, you know, we're all adults out here. We know when we're tired. Right. You know, that's not the issue. But the current rules really put you in a situation where you have to drive tired. Exactly. Exactly. That's, it's like it's, it completely defeats the whole purpose of why we even have this to begin with. Right. You know. It and uh, it defeats the whole purpose of safety. <laughs> exactly. So I, I just right. think that uh, you know it, it, we've got to get some common sense into this whole you know uh, HOS uh, rule program here and, and get people who are actually driving you know making the rules instead of people who are sitting behind a desk. You know I, I don't know who came up with the rule change last time, but it, it just. You can tell that these people do not have any. They're not. In, they're not driving a truck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it, <laughs> we touched on it's that. It's crazy. So, well, so, well, they're if, they're listening. Yeah, and, right the, uh, go ahead, Alan. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say sorry, they're li- they're listening and they're wanting to. Uh, they're, they're this is what they're wanting to hear. They're wanting to hear it directly from the drivers and how it's affect, affecting them. And uh, so uh, I appreciate your call. Uh, and bringing up the uh, the various aspects of the categories of drivers, such as team and student trainer and solo and local and regional. I mean, it can just go on and on. They've got to come up with something that uh, uh be a tough job, but something that can apply to everyone. Maybe like Barry, you know, the more I hear, uh, I think you may be on to something, separate rules for a separate separate categories of drivers. I, I actually think you have to because it really is different jobs. And I had never uh, driven teams or any of that, so I didn't even understand the, the challenges that they were faced with. But <clears throat> if you apply the same rules to all, e- even though it all involves a truck, it's completely different jobs. And from what I'm understanding from what Jim's saying, what he was doing was driving five on and five off and five on and five off, and he was plenty rested in, under those circumstances. And the way things are for him now, He's got to pretty much bang out the whole 10 or 11 hours, and then when he gets his bunk time, he's just not able to sleep, time, you know, eight hours, and there's a lot of interferences, and, you know. It's, it's yeah, yeah, sleep. and, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, thanks for your call again, Jim. The uh, uh, Yeah, and, and he said it just like uh, everybody is saying it, so they need to listen up to what 
the drivers are saying, and the way the rules stand now is you're being pushed to drive. And if pushing somebody is not um, an aspect of safety. So uh, let's, go to area code, let's go to area code 302. Go ahead. You're live on the air. Yeah, how you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Well, I agree. There should be, uh, the way it seems, should be a, somehow to split it up in three categories. That would help. But uh, the way they've got it right now, the split log old way uh, would work better. Keep your 34-hour restart. Well, that is a good thing. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, at the same time, if they don't uh, allow the driver to uh, do that, that's when they're in big trouble. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, if you remember back, the other driver quoted he had to come off the road because he couldn't make uh, his expenses and stuff. Back right. when they regulated the system, what happened? Mm-hmm. It went to crap. And now, if uh, my information is correct, uh, it's supposed to be about an average of 15 a mile for uh, traveling right in the United States right now, if I'm understanding it right. If I'm not, my information's wrong. About but what if now? the government comes back in and puts regulation back in effect for uh, what it they would pay, have to pay per mile for uh, any kind of load, then you would see a lot of changes. Yeah, you're yeah. right about that, Patches, because when deregulation came, you know, that's when the big shift towards towards the painful hours occurred. So, yes, uh, I, I think deregulation is a good thing, but when it came to the airline industry and the trucking industry, I'm not so sure about that because it really puts the drivers in a position where they, they just were, really have yes. to push themselves past their limit. You did well, I'm, I'm, I made a post just recently about uh, deregulation and uh, how it really backfired for the banking and trucking industry specifically. I mean, the trucking industry, uh, all it did to the to this industry is just formed a giant monopoly. That's all it did. Well, I uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when you look at uh, the way the industry is today, it's so cut, what's known as cutthroat. And yeah. the only one gaining from it, uh, is the big uh, trucking companies because they have more trucks they can offset the cost. A single person or a owner-operator, single, how can they? Yeah. They can't go out there and buy fuel, pay insurance, do the rest of it for dollar fifteen a mile. They can't do it. There's no way humanly possible. Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, that's where that's, that's where it all... Uh... That's where it all came into effect, and uh, it became more of a matter of survival for companies through deregulation. So it really backfired. But um, I appreciate your call, Patches. Uh, thanks a lot. We're going. We got to move on. Uh, we have. We're down to about 30 minutes for the show. Really about 15 or 20. Um, have another caller from area code 940. Go ahead. You're on the air with Truth About Trucking Live. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah, this is Dancing Man. I used to drive for Celadon. Uh-huh. <coughs> and I got off into some of that 14-hour stuff, you know, with them. And I drove for FFE, which is, well, Lisa Motor Lines out of Fort Worth. 
and uh-huh. they're a subsidiary of FFE. And with those big companies like that, one time I was off in West Virginia, and I had to bring a load. I was at my 11 hours, and I had to go ahead and bring a load all the way to up in the middle of Ohio. They were building a big Walmart store up there. Uh-huh. And I had to, this other driver refused to take the load, so the company, the driver manager, guy above me in the company at the office asked if I would take the load on him. Well, I went ahead and done it. And I told him, I said, well, you better figure out how to uh, show me shut off at my regular time so I don't get in trouble. And I had to overrun my log. And the company was good about doing stuff like that, you know. So <laughs> that's how that 14-hour deal hurts us. <clears throat> right now I'm on a relay run, and I get to put in 13 and a half hours by taking a half-hour lunch break up at uh, Big Cabin, Oklahoma, but I drive Fort Worth to Big Cabin and back and have a half-hour off up there, and then that gives me a total of 13 and a half hours on that one trip. And it's only occasionally, you know, I'll get to go once a month or something like that. Yeah. So I'm not full-time driving now, but I was, and I've still got my CDL and my hazmat and tankers and truck, you know, tankers, trailers, and all that. Uh-huh. But, well, what do you what do you think they should do? I mean, should they? Uh, we're throwing ideas around, and like I said, I know they're listening and they want to hear from drivers. Uh, what should be done with the current hours of service rule as it stands now? What do you think? Well, I don't when when I go off the clock, you know, and how do I say it? Uh, when I'm out there running and I've got to take that two-hour break, I can drive eight hours or I can drive 11 hours. If mm-hmm. I take a two-hour break, I need for that to stop that 14-hour clock mm-hmm. to extend the hours further because if I take a two-hour break and I've driven 11, that's 13 hours. I can only drive one more deal before I have to take the full 10 hours off, and that's wrong. I right. need to be able to extend that 14 hours out there because I kept getting myself in trouble with these companies because of that not understanding it, how it worked, and mm-hmm. I was putting in 66 to 70 hours a week by myself in a truck, and when I've got 900 miles to go, and I've got 14 hours, you know, uh, get there, mm-hmm. there ain't no way. Yeah, yeah, and you bring up I a have. good point, you bring up a good point, because that's a, that's a, this A2 sleeper berth is getting a lot of people in trouble, companies alike, by not simply understanding it. And I'm certainly no expert on it, but a lot of people think that uh, taking that 2 and 8 off will extend the clock. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing, ex- nothing extends that, the clock. It only yeah, stops that the clock. Thing, that computer thing at the company that reads your logbooks, when you've, you've run your 8 hours in the in the you know, the sleeper, you're off duty, whatever, for your eight hours. And then you get up and drive for a couple of hours. Well, your 14 is still ticking along. Right. And it screws you up every time. Right. The only thing that, <laughs> stop, the, only thing that stops the clock is a consecutive eight hours in that sleeper. No, that it doesn't even extend. stop it. Uh-uh. It, right. it, it, no, it, that does not even stop it. It will stop. It doesn't extend it. Well, but when that's I stop and take our eight hours. That 14 is still cooking right along. You understand what I'm trying to say? Well, yeah, as long as you... I can take my 10 hours now, and that stops the clock. 
as long as you know where your four, your new 14-hour window starts after that eight hours. <laughs> yeah, but that's so, so I mean, confusing. you know, we I, I could have a 10-hour show on the 8-2 sleeper birth rule, and if you uh, if you get a chance, you can go to uh, askthetrucker.com because I made a post today about uh-huh. the sleeper birth rule and how confusing it is, and I even made some logs, and and uh, I tell you, I was on a forum earlier reading about what drivers were saying about the 8-2 rule. And there must have been a hundred drivers on there, and every one of them had a different opinion on it. It is, it is a very, very confusing rule. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I, I used to get uh, reprimanded by the company because the computer they have at the company just sits there and starts at one end. They use scannable logs, and that computer mm-hmm. sits there, and it's got the rule in it, right? Well, my mm-hmm. my brain don't work the same way that that gum computer they've got does. So I'd get chumped on. I'd have a seven-hour violation here and a three-hour violation there and so forth like that. And then the one time that I I made a real wild run, I left, oh, Grand Island, Nebraska. And here's how they get you. The company that I was loading from out there, big swift company or whatever it was, I, was, I had a load of meat on, had to go to Grand Rapids, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. and then that little town Robertson or something like that, about 10 or 11 miles north of Detroit, a three-delivery load. I got this truckload of meat, but they didn't let me out of there until 3.30 in the morning. Well, I wow. Up. Wow. 27 hours later, or whatever, at 5.30 the next day was when my load had to be delivered over there at that Spartan Food Company in, in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. You know, by God, I made it. Of course, I had to restart my log page three times, but I made yeah. it. You know, yeah, I, I hear you. I at 3.30 in the morning, and at 5.30 the next morning, I was backing into the dock. I had, wow. I had one minute sleep. I went straight through. There was no other way to do it and make my, make my time of delivery there. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't get any sleep there because as soon as they got their stuff off, I had to leave and go to Detroit and be there at 11 o'clock. And I made yep. that. And then I made the third part of my load out there to that little town at 15 minutes late. Now, this was on a Saturday when I got there. And that old boy almost wouldn't unload what he had ordered because I was 15 minutes late. And I got treated like a dog after busting myself almost mm-hmm. down to get there. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 an, that's another factor, the way... My Way problem was that they held me back until 3.30 in the morning. I was supposed to pick that load up like 5 in the afternoon. And at 3.30 yeah. in the morning, I finally got that load out of there. Yeah, that's the way I, the companies do you. They, they, they don't care about your setting up time, waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And none of that waiting time didn't count on my log, see? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I hear you. I, um, I appreciate your call, and these are the kind of things that uh, – they need to hear and to hopefully take into uh, consideration. So uh, thanks for your call again. I appreciate it. Be safe. Um, uh, Barry, just a lot a lot of problems with these rules, depending on what area of trucking you're in. And, you know, one of the biggest problems, I think, is uh, uh, people who have never driven or maybe even been inside a big rig uh, are the very people making the rules and policies that these drivers have to figure out. What do you think? 
I think it's actually, I'm kind of laughing when I'm, you know, you hear so many different opinions on things, and uh, it, it, we're even having a hard time as a group of truckers agreeing on what will actually work and how much less uh, able would someone who never drove be unless they, they get some input from drivers. But one thing I've heard over and over from uh, OTR people is just what the last gentleman was saying and the one before and the one before is that, Hopefully they can go back to a split logging situation so that they can make their money and get enough rest. And uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it is a tough situation. It is dependent upon you know if you're running doubles or you're running OTR, you're running regional, you're running local, and you know that they're just going to have to come up with a set of rules that works for everybody. But the 14-hour yeah. rule is frequently putting in people in a position where they're pushing themselves too hard because they can't stop. So I'd like to see that ended for sure. Yeah, well, I think they really need to go back to the old sleeper berth rule. The one, the way it is now, it's really hard to explain. I put a blog up today on AskTheTrucker.com. I called it the trucker sleeper berth rule, trying to explain it in layman terms, and it's almost impossible because it's so technical. And I use the term, um, you can't extend the clock, you, you can stop it with an eight-hour stretch. Now, I know there's going to be probably 5 million drivers I'm going to hear from that say you can't stop the clock. But these are the terms. It's the only way I knew how to explain it. It's really difficult to come up with a correct term to make it understandable. And if professional drivers who have been driving 20, 30, 40 years can't do it, um, and, and again, on let me be, let me be clear, there's – there are many drivers out there who who got who has this uh, sleeper berth rule down, and man, I mean, they're experts on it, and I'm no expert on it certainly, but there are the drivers who you know they they've under they understand it, they grasp it, they work, but there are a lot of drivers and companies alike that are getting in violation over this rule, and the other rule was just so so simple, and they're just they just made it they've made it just more complicated you know yeah yeah well they, they need to think about going back to the old rules as far as the sleeper bird is concerned because then you know i think things that was the downside to the new rules of service was it really really created a challenge for people that were doing that type of work and uh ho hopefully they will hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll redo the regulations with that you know considered i, I actually went to that page you're talking about i'm i'm confused <laughs> Oh, the one I put on the blog? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just messing with the Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it, 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 it probably is because I had Donna read it, and I said, now see see if you can understand this now. And, and she said, well, I'm more confused than I ever was. And it's really difficult to put in layman terms, and and uh, there's so many uh, you know opinions and disagreements. I mean, I, I know people are going to come back and say, no, you, you can never stop the clock, but technically – you can stop the clock with that consecutive eight hours off in the sleeper. The two hours doesn't do it. It's, it's it's a difficult thing to explain, but and this is where writing policies, why policies are so difficult to explain, because in my mind, I know what I'm trying to say, can, but to convey it where everybody can understand it is almost a, an impossible task. Well, let me ask you, because here's the understanding that I'm getting from looking at your thing here. So this particular driver in this log example you have had uh, was two hours uh, unloading. Okay, so on duty not driving, and then eight hours in the bunk. So you're saying those two hours on duty not driving plus the eight 
reset your hours? The eight the eight hours after that eight hours, that driver can drive is ready to go another eleven hours because he got his eight hours in. He got his eight hours consecutive in, and before that he got a little two hour split in. So there's his ten. That's his ten hours. But I think what a lot of drivers are doing is they finish that ten hour break like that, and they think, okay, I'm good to go for another fourteen hours. And in and, and that example I gave, there was no driving in between. But mm-hmm. that two hours on duty unloading counts toward the new 14 hours that he's beginning to begin. So at the end of that eight hours, he only he actually only has 12 hours because that two hours unloading goes toward the new 14 hours that he was working towards. So, uh, okay, I, I got mean, it. I got it. I yeah, got you got it. it. So, but it, but that's why I say that only the eight consecutive hours will stop the clock. But even that's confusing. It is a confusing, confusing rule that gets a lot of companies, a lot of companies and drivers into violations. And I'm certainly no expert on it. I mean, let well, me you, just you make did, that clear. Pretty, but. You, you did pretty good with this sample log. I, I got it now. So the two hours that's combined with the eight allows a reset, but those two hours are, are deducted from from the reset, so they're not they can't go fourteen. They can only go twelve. Is that go twelve? Yeah. And I even got more technical. I even cut it down to eleven and three quarter because I added the fifteen minutes of pre-trip. So uh, and then if you add a fifteen minutes post-trip which, you know, you can just flag that, but every, everybody logs differently. So just uh it it's it's a it's a confusing rule and and uh i i know i know the policy makers are listening so let me just say uh please go back to the old rule cuz i think the drivers would appreciate it a lot more yeah, yeah that that really sounds like the best thing and, and and create a situation where it's understandable and you know uh what do you think personally Alan, about the reset the 34 hour reset as it pertains to over the road truckers I liked it. I liked it as long as, uh, um, you know, the only thing I didn't like about it was it really, for me, I mean, I'm just talking for me, and, I mean, there's so many different opinions, but, um, you know, just like our last caller saying, uh, and many of the callers today were saying, you know, and you heard me throw out the term uninterrupted sleep, and that's almost an impossible thing on the road. Something's always interrupting you. But um, the 34-hour thir- the restart I liked, but many times after taking that 34 hours off, I felt more tired than if I had just taken eight hours off. I mean, think about it. You're, you're pretty much just sitting around 34 hours at a truck stop. I mean, you're going from the restaurant to the store uh, to the uh, movie theater, back out to the truck, uh, so I, I like the reset, and it really came in handy when I was running hard and, and, and just needed to just, you know, I mean, often I called my dispatch and said, look, I'm, I'm just getting by 15 minutes at a time here. Let me take my 34 hours and, and get my 70 hours back so I can do some rolling. But at the same time, sitting around twiddling your thumbs at a truck stop for 34 hours, sometimes I felt more tired than I did if I if I could have just laid down down eight hours and took off again, you know, that was from sitting in the TV room hearing all the all the road road warrior stories, huh? 
Yeah, you know, and then they have good movies in the movie theater, so I had to go watch a movie, and and uh, it's it, it, it's a rough life out there. And you know, we've heard from several callers, you know, to get in this uninterrupted sleep is a very difficult thing to do. And I like the old rules much better. I mean, uh, you know, these drivers to be a to be a long haul trucker takes a lot a lot of stamina. And they all have that, and that's why so many newcomers to the industry bail out because they get in here and they think, "Wow, you know, I, I'm not used to this. I can't do this." But the professional trucker out there, they have stamina that's just unbelievable. And so I to pull it. into a rest area and lay down for three hours, uh, they can get up, and man, they're ready to go for another ten or eleven. I mean, that's just the that's just the kind of of people these are and i think that they should i like the idea of just letting the driver's biological clock individual biological clock determine when they can drive and when they need to shut down yeah as a matter of fact what you said even even an hour nap a lot of times makes a world of difference so you know having that ability is going to be a good thing so uh I do want to put this out there because you said the FMSDA is listening. As far as local drivers, mm-hmm. you have to break up to 48 hours, and that will solve every problem. So <laughs> I they do what now? Jack the break up for the reset to 48 hours. 34 is not sufficient at the end of a 70-hour work week for a lot of drivers that I've been talking to. You know, yeah, because, we've talked uh, about that before. I like that for local drivers, too, because, I mean, you think about it. on so- These local drivers um, – I mean, you think about it. If you get hung up and, uh, I mean, you're supposed to get off duty, uh, you're working, uh, I don't know, let's say Saturday's your last day to work of the week, and you get held up and you don't get home till uh, 7 a.m. on Sunday morning, which is your first day off, uh, by the time you go to bed and get up, your first day off is pretty much over with so that mm-hmm. pretty much just gives you monday to do everything you need before it's time to get back in the truck so we've talked about that before the 48 hours a 48 hour break would be a would be much better but you know coming yeah, well, up with go ahead yeah well that's i know i'm pounding on that a little bit but uh the, the challenge and, and it's just like i say it's two completely different jobs you know when the otr guy takes the or girl takes the uh 34-hour break, they could at least get some sleep. And, you know, the local driver has, uh, uh, yeah, he's going to drive home in the car, maybe an hour drive home from the car, they take a shower and they cook their uh, dinner and, you know, and then they wake up the next day and, uh, you know, cut the grass and go to the kids' football game. I mean, what happens with a local driver who does a 70-hour work week is their entire life is compressed into a little bit of hours. And I just don't feel that it's sufficient. But if they just jacked that to 48, that would solve all the local problems, in my in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a good idea. It's just it's going back, looking at the categories of drivers, and there are categories of drivers. There's, you know, like we said, the local, the regional, the uh, the long haul, the uh, uh, team drivers, the trainer student, and and I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that caller brought up the the student trainer you know you saw that video on our blog uh about you know going down donner pass you know that that horrible accident yes um there there really needs to be separate total complete rules for uh uh for driver trainers 
and and, and the student because uh, I mean that trainer has is supposed to be in that seat. Uh, the only way they're going to get the rest that that's needed is you know they need to be allowed to both of them to be sh- to shut down and get the rest that they need. I mean there's you know there's there's two bunks in that in that truck so. Um, this is all supposed to be about safety, but um, whether or not they can break up the hours for each category of driver uh, remains to be seen. But uh, we're talking about it and getting it out there, and they're listening. So, you know, hopefully they'll take it into consideration. Yeah, I believe they will. I believe they will. I, I think that they're, what they're looking at this time around is to make this the last set of changes. And, and you know, and there was some good things. You know, the 34-hour reset made, made things a whole lot less complex, but what came along with it was the elimination of the split sleeper birth rules, which were a good thing. So maybe they can come up with something where the reset's in there, but, you know, a driver could drive five hours and, and nap five hours and then drive five more or six more. And, you know, you'll end up with, with a safer driver. You know, they can get their rest and, and when, when when they're tired. See, see, a lot of it is, and, you know, and it could be bitter towards the trucking industry, but people are not machines, you know. You can take yeah. a machine. When you, when, you, when you hit the switch off on a machine, it stops. A human being doesn't work that way. It isn't like you can say, well, it's two, it's 8 a.m., it's time to go to sleep. Well, maybe you're not tired, you know. So uh, I know. A set of circumstances where, where, where they could take that in consideration would be much better. And uh, ho- hopefully yeah. uh, then now we're up to four separate sets of rules. Huh, we started with two, OTR and local. Now we've got OTR, regional, local. Uh, uh, I know. <laughs> well, at least they can pull. They can pull a, a little bit out of out of each one, and maybe come up with something. Uh, uh, I've got about three minutes for a caller here. I don't know if I've had this caller on or not. We've got a lot of on here. Area code two five six. Have you uh, have you have you been with us yet? I had been on there earlier. I was going to come back and make okay. a comment about the uh, split sleeper. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Got just a couple minutes. Uh, it's really, really simple. I've been I've been doing it ever since they've changed the rules. The old old sleeper berth, you could do split, and basically it works the same way with the eight and two. The only problem is you've got to have the eight hour break before the two hour break, and your total between your breaks can only uh, both of the totals in between breaks can only still equal a 14-hour day or 11 hours driving. Okay. If you drive five hours, get up, you've had a 10-hour break, and you've got a long run, plenty of time to do it in, and, and, and you drive like eight hours and and decide to stop and take an eight-hour sleeper, you can still drive the other three hours before you got to have the other two hours of your 10-hour break. Okay. It's basically any any break on either side of any break cannot be more than 14 total or 11 hours of driving. Okay. And you can rotate like you can do uh, uh, seven, have five of it driving and two off, and you can take your eight-hour break and do another five hours driving and two off. And you'll gain your 10-hour break, but you can't go back and start 14 hours again. You've got to go, well, hey, I've already got my five hours driving. I can only drive seven more hours. I've got to have another eight-hour break. Okay. Uh, well, maybe that helped uh, uh, clear it up. It's just uh, thanks. Thanks again. I, it's just a it's just a confusing confusing thing for so many drivers. I would suggest if you don't fully understand it, then don't use it. And really, 
it's it's non-productive. I mean, if you're going to go into bunk for eight hours, you might as well just stay there another two hours and get your ten hours in one stretch. Just my simple opinion. So, but anyway, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate all the callers. But we're just about out of time. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And remember, the FMCSA right here on Truth About Trucking Live, discussing the CSA 2010 and putting to rest the rumors flying around about this new safety initiative. So don't don't miss the upcoming show. We're working towards Wednesday, March 18, 2010. But keep checking back at blogtalkradio.com slash truthabouttrucking for the exact date and time. And sign up for our free newsletter at truthabouttrucking.com. That is the best way to keep informed about when our shows are scheduled and what we're doing here at Truth About Trucking, LLC. And uh, we all agree that safety should be an important factor for professional drivers and the general public as well. And remember, Jason's Law is a huge part of bringing about more safety to drivers and across America. So remember, call your congressman, congresswoman, your representative, ask to speak with someone in the Transportation Department and ask for their support and sponsorship for Jason's Law. So hope you enjoyed the show, and be sure to bookmark us and add us to your favorites. And, and uh, Barry, again, thanks, uh, thanks for joining me and helping me get through these 90 minutes. Thanks to all the callers. Uh, Truth About Trucking Live is for you. Thanks for all your input. And like I said, I know those uh, who make the policies are listening, and I'm sure they appreciate everything you've done. So uh, we'll leave you with uh, When the Big Rigs Don't Roll, and you can download this hot tune from Barry Allen's website, myspace.com slash thesongplugger. And don't forget the FMCSA coming up on Truth About Trucking Live. So have your questions about CSA 2010 and safety already and uh just keep checking back for the exact time so until next time what they're going to do when the big rigs don't roll i'm alan smith for truth about trucking live along with barry stutsky drive safe thanks for listening It ain't right, man, it sucks When the big old companies make a billion bucks On the backs of the working man Driving trucks and cars It takes 1,200 bucks to fill this rig While I'm stuffing the pockets of some big wig He don't care if I've maxed out my credit cards The only trick I get for my truck Is the jack in the price when I fill it up It's like pumping my money down an endless hole What they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll college degree to figure out that they're ripping off me. They get a big tax break and all I get's the shaft. Insurance goes up if my credit is down. If I sink any lower, I'm gonna drown. And I ain't getting no help from a bureaucrat, no. The only trick I get for my truck is a jack in the price when I fill it up. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. But what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll.
If mama hadn't taught me the golden rule, I'd tell those big wigs what to do. With the nozzle on the pump where I get my gas. But I'm a good boy and I won't do that. My truck is a jack in the price when I fill it up It's like pumping my money down an endless hole What they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? What they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll?